Hello and welcome to this special 2020 Mission Somerset podcast. We've been a bit quiet for about a year because we've been busy out in the harvest fields, discipling people, learning new things, growing through challenges. Uh, and we realised maybe it was time to do a little recap of the year. So this podcast is going to be me, Jan and Damien sharing our defining moments from 2020. And before we dive in head first, uh, let's pray. Father, thank you that you only did, Jesus, you only did what you saw the fa- your father doing. And we pray that this podcast will be helpful and encouraging to people because we say the things that the father is wanting to say to people. We pray that it would encourage people who need encouraging, that it would challenge people who need challenging, and ultimately it would glorify Jesus and exalt Jesus and who he is and what he's doing through anybody who's willing to obey him and put their faith in him. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to get the ball rolling um, and share two of my defining, no, three of my defining moments from 2020, uh, which for many people, 2020 has been a very bad year and a hard year. And please hear our hearts. We're not here to um, be disrespectful to anybody who's suffered through the COVID virus. We're not here to be insensitive to anybody who's who's had the virus, lost loved ones through it. But what we are here to do is to encourage people to live by the word of God, which stands forever, and to base your lives on the authority that comes from God. Because Jesus Christ is the highest authority in the land. Nobody else. So my first defining moment was back in March. So before there was any lockdown, before any measures were introduced, all of these things, I was asked to go and speak in a, at a church. And uh, when I was preparing what I felt Jesus wanted me to say, I felt God gave me the phrase, the curtain is about to fall in the UK. And the story of the church in China is quite close to my heart. And what happened in China in 1949 is described as the bamboo curtain falling. And when that happened, the government basically made it illegal to be a proper Christian in China. You weren't allowed to meet together. They expelled all the foreign missionaries. They all had to go home. They tortured and killed all of the leaders. And humanly, you would think the church in China uh, was, was decimated and killed. But actually, as we know, God used those circumstances to not only grow, but to multiply the church in China. And the story goes that you know, 20, 30 years later, there were so many churches meeting across China, but they were meeting secretly in homes with ordinary unpaid leaders. Um, And all of the disciples were basically making more disciples and starting churches. And I felt that Jesus gave me a message for this church back in March, which was the curtains falling in the UK and that the same things that happened in China, which at the time, involved suffering and hardship and a real test of people's faith. In the end, it was actually for their good. It was for the good of the church, the good of God's kingdom. 
And I stood up and shared this message and said things like, um, what are we going to do when the government says it's illegal to meet together as Christians? Are we going to do what they say? Or are we going to do what Jesus Christ says? And I said all these things. And I didn't realise that about two or three weeks after that, the government actually did say, you're not allowed to meet together. You're not allowed to mix with other people. And you're not allowed to do fundamental things that Jesus commands us to do. So that was a defining moment for me, because in the space of a few weeks, I personally had to practice what I preached just a few weeks before. And I had to make a decision about whose authority I was going to come under, the government's authority or Jesus's authority. Um, the next defining moment was... Um, I remember a day when we went to uh, the seaside as a team and in my mind I can see the picture. We took a photo, there was a whole row of us there, uh, there was about five or six people got baptised and it was a very stormy day but while we did the baptisms the sun was shining and in the background there were these stormy clouds and it's an amazing photo but it sums up very well that we've continued to see the light of Christ shining into people's lives here in Somerset. We've continued to make disciples, to pray for people and baptise them and gather them in groups that meet in homes or in the woods or wherever they can. And it was a defining moment where we realised that actually we've continued to obey Jesus despite a lot of op opposition and challenges. And the work that we're doing is multiplying and it felt like a defining moment where a lot of the people that have been baptised have been suffering from suicidal thoughts and a very real sense that if we hadn't have obeyed Jesus um, and done what we felt he was telling us to do rather than bow to popular opinion, some of those people that are now our brothers and sisters wouldn't be here now. Um, they wouldn't know about Jesus and they would have gone to an eternity in hell. Um, the third and final um, defining moment was um, about halfway through the lockdown. We we had a secret meeting um, at a farm on a secret location. And we gathered everybody in the network who wanted to come. And we were huddled secretly into this part of the farm. And um, Damien was was doing some teaching on faith. We did some worship, people were sharing and we prayed. And I sat there through that meeting and I felt like everything that inspired me about the story of the church in China, everything that we'd hoped to be able to do here in Somerset, we were living it. It wasn't any more a dream or a far off hope or something that frustrated me. We were living the reality of meeting in an underground church. Um, in the face of what the authorities were saying. And everybody was growing as a disciple and the work was multiplying. So those are my defining moments, guys. Um, who's going to pick up? Jan? Um, I, th I think a defining moment for me was uh, uh, me, Damien and Arnie went to um, Aberdeen and we had this road trip that went up to uh, Blackpool... Preston, I think it was, yeah, we were in Preston, and then went to uh, Glasgow, 
I met up with the Roma community there, which was uh, um, Damien's family. And uh, um, and then we went to Aberdeen and we met somebody up there as well. But um, I, I suppose the defining moment was it, it just happened all of a sudden. And we, because of the, the whole COVID thing and the whole thing of masks and everything, we, and I, um, I'm not into the whole mask thing. Um, and the same with here with Damien. And... Uh, and we were walking through the shopping centre in Aberdeen and we were getting a lot of hassle about not having masks. Um, and we were just getting a bit wound up and we went off to a supermarket right at the end of the day to get some Krispy Kremes. <laughs> and, uh, and it was... Um, I, I, and we, we were just talking about the whole thing, the, the whole thing about masks. And yeah, you might have a different opinion, that's fine. And... Uh, we just believe in the freedom to have a choice about this, and um, and, and and we I, I decided I, I decided to go to the loo before we set off back to the hotel, and the Holy Spirit just spoke to me, and that's happened before. I just step off out of uh, that linear path of exiting a building, and I'll just divert, and the Holy Spirit will just speak to me, and He said. I want you to speak publicly, like you do in the streets, in the supermarket, about the lies of the government and how it's, it's been politicised, the whole the COVID thing. Uh, and uh, and, uh, and so, so I did, and I spoke, and we had a lot of... Uh, the security sort of jumped on us, and it was a bit scary and a bit exciting, and, um, and we, we, we filmed it as well. Um, and and I, and that's sort of been quite a defining thing for me to can just continue about the Holy Spirit convict me um, to do that like once a week um, uh, and to to speak against all the lies um, and that way things are changing in this country and how it's all been politicised and restricting uh, a basic human rights and freedoms freedom of speech freedom to gather. Um, to have an alternative opinion to the, the government narrative. And it's all being suppressed. It's not being opened and uh, allowing people to choose uh, and discern themselves, but we've been forced into complying. Um, and, and so that was one defining moment. Another defining moment was probably on, on the beach at Weymouth this summer, and uh, where I, I think we... we we weren't going to be baptising anybody. We'd, we had suspected maybe there'd be one person that we were going to meet down there through um, a friend, uh, Rochelle, and she, she was going to possibly meet up with somebody uh, down in Weymouth and possibly get baptised. But as we were gathering at Witherspoon's pub with uh, me, uh, um, Ben, uh, Hudson and Arnie... Um, we prayed that there'd be that more more would happen that more people would find more people of peace and to get baptized, and so we got down to the beach, met Rochelle, and she said she was very excited because on the train down she'd gone down separately down to Weymouth, and she'd met some girls, and uh, told them about Jesus, and they wanted to get baptized, uh, but she'd lost lost uh, track of them, 
Anyway, we're at the we're now we're in the water with April, who wanted to get baptized. That she the person she initially wanted to meet, and we were baptizing her. As as April came out the water, these two other girls that Rochelle met in on the train just appeared out of nowhere, mm-hmm. uh, and in in the sea, just and it was sort of like um, up to our waist sort of height, and 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 they wanted to get baptized, so we we baptized them. And it, and it was just a like a really amazing moment and uh, answer to prayer and uh, just meeting more people. I uh, wanted to um, be part of God's kingdom, and um, so that that was quite a defining moment. Um, and the third one is um, might it might come back to that, but uh, those are the two things that jump out um, initially of two twenty twenty. Okay, Damien, your defining movements from this year. Um, yes, of course. Uh, probably one of the defining moments of this year was when COVID-19 hit. And the question that was going through my head, okay, so this is a year where nothing is going to happen. From saying that uh, the year of 2020 will be this great big vision, we're going to travel in Africa, we're going to mm. go to Zambia, to um, Uganda. Uganda, quite a few other places. And we had many plans. We've seen uh, developing what is called uh, a program called Extreme, um, which we were going to go to university schools and uh, introduce Jesus to all these teenagers. Everything fallen. And... At the beginning of the year, I have fallen sick. I don't think I had COVID-19 or maybe I had COVID-19. I don't know. But when I looked around, it just hit me. I was isolating. I was sitting in my home. My neighbors were doing the same. My team was doing the same. Everyone was isolating in one way or another. And everyone was very confused about the virus and everything. And then as I was praying in my living room, God gave me this vision to use whatever finances I had and to go and buy food. And that opened an entirely new uh, door and opportunity to do mission work again. Mm -hmm. And we started going around with baskets of food and we had access to people that we would have not otherwise had. And anyway, through all of these things, we baptized over 40 people this year, more than we baptized in any other year. Mm -hmm. And it is quite incredible. So I would say my highlight of the year is how many people as well came in and donated people that I didn't even know who they were Um, you know and they didn't donate little they donated quite quite a lot and they helped they helped us they have partnered up with us in times when we didn't know how we're gonna do this and they came along and their support it blessed us so much it was incredible we fed in this year over maybe 200 families, mm. which is an incredible achievement mm. when you think about it, over 200 families. And we had access to over 200 families to share the gospel. And out of all those people, yeah. you know, over 40 got baptized. And, yeah. you know, that's my highlight, really, how God worked through a year that seemed to be dead mm. to baptize more people than we ever did in any other healthy year. Mm. So if next year is going to be worse, probably we're going to do even more yeah. things. Yeah. I don't know, but this just has to be true. Yeah. I, think, I think we often have this judgment. We look ahead and we think, 
or nothing is there, nothing is going to happen. But if you pray and trust the Lord, go out, things will happen in a way that you would not otherwise thought that is ever possible. Mm -hmm. I just want to say a special thank you to everyone who has actually partnered up with us and has donated or helped us in any other way. Thank you. Because of you together, we've, been, we've done this. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's my highlight of the year, really. Mm. I just thought of uh, another defining moment was um, my, my way going through the whole lockdown, uh, again, was to do with distributing food, and I got involved with a, a few ministries, um, one called the Lord's Kitchen, the Salvation Army, and the Bread of Life, a ministry down in Exeter. So I was driving down to Exeter and probably about three days a week, four days a week, getting up early and uh, giving breakfast to people on the streets at seven o'clock in the morning on a Sunday morning. And so it was quite um, an eye-opener, just, uh, just bringing a trolley full of hot, um, hot drinks and food to people that were sleeping in doorways in the centre of Exeter. And you'd just be walked straight into their, their bedroom and um, just see people there just lying there asleep in their own, in their own world. And, and you'd put some coffees out with lids and for them when they woke up and some uh, food and tinfoil. Um, so that, that's been interesting uh, to explore that ministry. And, um, and there was a, a kitchen area a certain part of town that I was helping out and making food and, and uh, there was a hatch where people would come and get food and we'd pray for people. So I got to know quite a few people and brought people to Jesus through that. Um, but uh, as, as somebody that I met down there, a guy called Paul, uh, in, invited me to sleep on the streets because it was World Homeless Day back in September, end of September or start of October, I think it was. And we ended up sleeping ourselves on the streets in a doorway in the centre of, of Exeter. And uh, we didn't know that we were going to get, like, kicked in or urinated on or through the night. We just weren't sure what was going to happen. But it was completely the opposite. And as, as we were sort of settling down in our sleeping bags in this doorway, and it was very well lit, um, there was, it was a Friday night and there was lots of people walking past. And, and it was like they... Because it suddenly it become your that area when you were when you were sitting down settling down for the night it was your bedroom, and people walking through your bedroom. So I f I felt like um, obliged to wave to people and um, call them over, and because they were they were in your space, and and they did people would just come over, and start chatting and we'd invariably start talking about Jesus, about their faith. And we brought two people to Jesus that night. And um, and it was just so lively with lots of people walking past, joining into the conversation, uh, talking about the big things of life, the important things of, of their world, their problems, their troubles. And until about two o'clock in the morning. And it was such an, an amazing uh, sense of God moving. So, um, yeah, that that's probably my third um Sort of a memorable moment of 2020. Mm. Mm. Thanks, guys. Um, I just while we were talking about this, I I had some things to share, which um, then we can like unpack together, which hopefully will be an encouragement to people listening. Um, 
One of the things at the heart of Mission Somerset that we always try and keep at the heart of it, but we don't always do it, um, but we're trying to grow, is this idea of uh, listening to Jesus. So at the core of Mission Somerset is we're, we want to make disciples of Jesus, not disciples of ourselves or disciples of our particular tradition or how we like to do things, but, but we want to help people listen directly to Jesus and then to obey him immediately with their whole heart and also to share him and what they're learning from Jesus with other people. And uh, this whole idea of being able to listen and obey Jesus has been coming back to me when I think about this last year because the reality of the situation is that as a team and a network, we have not responded to to the whole COVID and lockdown in the same way as I'd say the vast majority of other Christians and churches have. Um, you know, when when news of the lockdown came, uh, I found it quite sad and challenging that I heard so few people saying on social media or in person or in any way, okay, we, we've heard these restrictions are coming and these laws are being made. But what does Jesus say about this? And I didn't hear anyone saying that. Did you guys hear many people saying that? No. No, I heard a lot about people, you know, using verses of the Bible to say we should, you know, do whatever we're told and all these things. But it really bothered me. And um, as we've come to the, towards the end of the year, I've been reflecting on a few stories from the Bible. And, um, you know, I've always got excited about the book of Acts. You know, I look to the book of Acts as like the kind of normal. And when everybody's talking about the new normal in society after COVID, I'm more bothered about what's the new normal for followers of Jesus. I'm far more interested in, are we living according to what the Bible says? Is that our normal? And when I read Acts, I want that to be normal. Do you guys get excited mm. about that as well? Mm. Yeah. You know, we want what we see in the book of Acts, to be normal for in Somerset and wherever we go. We want the people that we're discipling to see that's normal for them as well. It's not just us doing it as the leaders, but it's everybody's part of this movement. And, you know, there's some stories in Acts and also the Gospels that I think sum up quite well some of the moments that we're sharing in this year. Uh, one of them is in Acts 4. Um, you know, when when basically... Um, some of Jesus's disciples, Peter and John, were preaching um, and the religious council and the people um, basically took them in, gave them a flogging and told them not to speak about Jesus anymore. Um, what did Peter and Peter and John do? OK, they said, um, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. And I think this has been a defining moment this year for people who claim to be Christians about who are we going to obey? Are we going to obey the authorities that tell us to stop doing things that Jesus has commanded us to do? Because meeting together in person is a command from Jesus in the Bible. Or are we going to obey Jesus? And we know what they did. They carried on. And not only did they carry on, they went back to their mates. They prayed for more courage. And they did it even more and the work multiplied. Another 
stories I've been thinking about is when Jesus is in the boat. And Jesus said, let's get to the other side of the boat. And the storms come. The disciples are having a meltdown. And Jesus is asleep. And I've been thinking the last couple of days that we say we're followers of Jesus, but we do the opposite to what Jesus did. We go, we're asleep when Jesus is awake and we're awake and panicking when Jesus was asleep. And yet we say we're following him. So Jesus, when, when was Jesus awake? He was often awake all night. He was awake early in the morning, praying, talking to his father, trying to understand what was his father's will for that day. What did the father want him to be doing for the three years? How should he teach and help these guys that are around him? How, how, how is he going to impart something into these normal, ordinary fishermen so that when he leaves, they can spread the movement around the world? And because he was awake at the right time and he was listening to God, he could then be asleep. When the storms hit, he could just continue on his path. He didn't get pulled this way or that way and everything. And upon reflection in 2020... I feel like I, and a lot of people who say they're Christians, we've done the opposite to what Jesus did. We've been asleep when we should have been trying to listen to Jesus, staying up, getting up early, being diligent in hearing what he's saying. Instead of listening to what the Father's been saying, we've been listening to the news, listening to this person, listening to social media. Like, let's turn all that off. Let's listen to Jesus. Listen to what the Father wants to do. And then when we've been faced with storms, Instead of being peaceful and continuing in the faith, which is what the apostles encouraged the church in the New Testament to do, continue in the faith, because we enter into the kingdom through many tribulations. Instead of seeing that these lockdowns is actually an encouragement to keep on meeting together and do the very thing that God says, everybody stopped and they've gone to sleep. And they're not doing anything or they're panicking and getting fearful and all this stuff. So that's just been a reflection I've had, that if we say we're followers of Jesus, let's do and follow in Jesus' footsteps. Let's listen to God in, in our ears and what he whispers to us, proclaim from the rooftops like Jan's been doing. And it's a reminder that Christianity as we know it and the church wasn't founded on nice people who said nice things, who towed the party line. Christianity as we know it from the Bible was built on the backs of persecution, suffering and people who when they were told to be quiet and to stop doing the things of Jesus, they said no. And they were bold and they were courageous and they gave an example for all the other people to follow. So that's just some of my reflections, guys. Any thoughts Any thoughts on that? Um. I, I, th I think it's been, um, you know, it, it hadn't, it's needed a different response uh, this year. And um, and like you said, it, it, it's this thing about when Jesus is awake uh, and we are asleep and when he's asleep, we're awake panicking. And and it's, it's like people have gone to sleep, yeah, with the whole COVID and shut off. And really, like you're saying, in a crisis like with the apostles when you shouldn't speak or in China when you shouldn't speak that's when the church grew mm. 
when everybody else is is, is uh, switched off and says, well, we, you know, the, the world, the government, the state, uh, the powers that be has told us to, to, to shut up. Um, it's time for people who believe in that, in that other kingdom, the kingdom of God, and what's he saying to us at that, that point? And, and ultimately, it, it's... Uh, it's the you know it's the when the day is light the work is to be done because mm. the day of darkness is coming. And we've seen that and responded that it's it's the it's still the daytime, mm. and we got to carry on the work. Mm. Um, yeah, that was the only thing I could sort of mm. sense what you're saying. Mm. Okay, um, I wanted to read a scripture to sort of wrap things up. And it's something that, you know, is always on our heart and we try to live out here in Somerset and with those that we're working with. And I want to read that. And then maybe, Damien, could you finish in prayer for us? Um, So this is from Acts chapter 4, verse 32. It says, All the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all. There were no needy people among them, because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give those in need. Father, we come before you, and I thank you, Father, for your word. I thank you, Father, for what you have done this year. That yet, when we have looked upon it, Father, it seemed to be dead, but there was more life that we could ever possibly imagine. And yet, Father, we have been prejudiced and persecuted during these times where we have been trying to be faithful to you, Lord. And Father, I pray now that whoever listens, that uh, you increase love in their hearts and minds, that there will be a unity of the Spirit, and to know that in love there is no judgment, there is no one great, and there is not even law. But in love everything is fulfilled. Fill us with love, O God. Bind us in chains of love and help us have that unity, just like Ben was reading and in the Apostles where they shared everything they had together. Father, help us to share not only our material things, but even this process of understanding who you are and understanding your truth and the value of sharing in the one truth, in one love. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you, everybody. If you've enjoyed this um, podcast, then uh, do something about it in your own life or where you live and with your family and friends around you. And feel free to share it with other people as well you might be interested in. And if you want to find out more about Mission Somerset, we're on Instagram, Facebook, and we have a website. And if you'd like to support the work we're doing, please pray for us. If the Lord puts it on your heart to support financially, contact us. Or if you want to come and see what we're doing, you'd be more than welcome. So thank you and see you next time.